you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact. We got Simon Street, Sin City, Steve, and Matt Michaels with us tonight. And welcome to Three Counts. And um, this is where we get to give you three topics that was chosen by the bad boys here that we're going to discuss. Feel free to throw your comments in the in the chat box if you're watching us on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook Live. Feel free, and we'll try to get it in as we see fit. All right. So with that, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. It's time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting present. One, two, three. Count talk. Count talk, baby. All right, and here's our first count here. One. John Moxley defends the use of blood in wrestling. And this is from Figure Four Online. So, just to give you some uh, some of the uh, the highlights here, uh, it says here that he, that he believes that uh, that blood plays an important role in modern wrestling. One of his quotes he says is that um, I have a whole dissertation on my theory about blood in modern wrestling. And of course, he joked, "Do we have time for that?" He says that. Quote, this is a combat sport. College wrestling is a combat sport, too. They have blood timeouts to patch it up. The lowest premium bout of a UFC card or a boxing card, somebody might have a little blood on their eyebrow or blood coming out of their nose, but they're not selling a blood sport. It's not tune in for the blood or tune in for the gore. It's part of the aesthetics. It adds realism. He also says, quote, that some people say, this is just a, a random match, and this is where he was uh, speaking about uh, his match with Tomohiro Ishii, and he said that, look, this is not just a random match. Why is there blood? I heard that last week of, uh, of versus the uh, Tomohiro Ishii match. He's one of the greatest of all time. I'm not going to let that moment slip up. I'm going to, I'm going foot to the fucking gas pedal. How can I not? Then I hear that I can't have a good match without blood. Okay, then you made my argument for me. I'll do it every time. All right, let me just stop right there while you're laughing there, uh, Sin City Steve, because this is your article. What's, what's your take on this? Is this a good excuse here? It's, it's a combat sport. There should be blood, right? So, yes, I, I do think that there should be blood where it's warranted. Now, one of the other one of the other quotes that's in here that yes. I do have to that I I do want to be sure. put out there is the the point of the dissertation is that this is a combat sport but we're not allowed to have blood in a match unless it's a personal grudge 
were only allowed to have blood after a five-month grudge after someone slept with somebody's wife or somebody's ran someone over with a car. And then, and only then, are we allowed to have this dramatic crimson mask that looks the exact same every single time. So that that's it's it's the polarization of it. Um, I I do wish that he wouldn't bleed every single match. Right. Um, at the same time, you know, I think that we are seeing that WWE and AEW are appealing to two separate markets oh, and. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those that you play to what works for your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, the WWE audiences are not conditioned for there to be, you know, the, the threat of, of bloodshed in nearly every match or, you know, at least one match on the show. Right. Um, it's almost gotten to that point with AEW. It's like, okay, well, which match is going to get blood? Um, and, you know, that is, at the end of the day is a personal preference point. Um, I, I personally don't mind it. I was a a fan of the original ECW and, you know, I'm not likening them to the old ECW. I am likening the feeling that I get from an AEW show with the, the possibility of there being some extremely brutal action and some bloodshed. So I'm likening that aspect only. Before yeah. everybody just rages, oh, how can you liken AEW to ECW? I think they that's, got the same that's, viewership. That's that's the feeling that I get. So I mean, that's that's where I'm coming from on that. But yeah, yeah. It, it's personal preference. At the end of the day, we got Mox's explanation as to why he does it, and he feels justified in what he's doing. Well, I mean, Matt Michaels, you constantly beat up on Moxie for for this happening a lot. Do you do you take his reasoning as to why he do it and say, okay, now it makes sense to me, or do you just think he's full of shit? Well, he's definitely full of shit. I mean, regardless of his opinion, <laughs> there's no doubt. But no, so uh, he he remember uh, the college uh, wrestling championship last year between Oklahoma and Texas, where. Um, John Smith was wrestling uh, Steve Gradden, and uh, John Smith took the uh, skewers and skewered Steve Gradden's <laughs> head. And it was, you know, it was a very real moment because no one expected that shit to happen. But, you know, it, it just made it believable to me because it's a combat sport. So I got it. You know, um, that's the problem right there is that he's an idiot. That's the problem. <laughs> Um, let's, let's, let's look at it like this. When you go to a movie, what is the one thing in a movie that the movie does to try to keep you interested? And that is they might start with a bang and end with the bang. And then in the middle, you have all the, the story, right? The problem is with wrestling, if you start your first match and it's a bloodshed, that last match, I mean, Steve, you just said it, Omega versus Yuta. Like, if that match is the last match and you have a Moxley, and we, we, you know, I don't think we did this week, uh, have believed, but 
if you had moxley bleeding at the beginning and how do you retain that audience to stay interested when your storytelling isn't your strong point right um the wwe gets away with it because they have a certain layout to where the storytelling is the important thing to get you to the blood feud Mm -hmm. and i think that's a problem in his thinking here because and and i think jim just said it here blood in a match is great when it makes sense moxley gets knocked out of the ring and comes back with a crimson mask doesn't make sense most of the time he bleeds Mm-hmm. Especially when the camera's right there and showing him taking he razor plates to his head. That's not combat sport. That's you taking <laughs> one object and cutting yourself open. So, I mean, that's, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's like watching a horror film and the person who's about to get slashed, we see them cut their own throat. Instead of the killer cutting, <laughs> it's like right. there's you our do, blood. It doesn't matter who you do see that a lot in uh, Japanese horror, though. Sometimes <laughs> just gonna be be up honest with you, but well, yes, that's I, your I, point. I mean, the, the point of, <laughs> it takes away from something, is what you're saying. The point of that it doesn't matter who drew the blood, as long as we have blood, now we know it's combat or it's horror, or whatever. So yeah. I, you know, listen. The problem I have with Moxley bleeding is very simple. He doesn't need to do it. You saw him in the WWE do the Dean Ambrose character without having to do excessive cutting all the time. And it would be very fucking special for him in the biggest of matches. And that Ishii match, yeah, Ishii should have, it should have been bloody. But it also should have been the last match on the card. Because those guys knock the hell out of each other. And if you're going to have that kind of shit going on, have it your last match. Make it mean something that I'm going home going, oh, my God, that was a great match. It was your first match, essentially. And (laughs) now you're like, you know, what happened? Simon, let me get you in on this, man. I mean, I mean, seriously, what 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 is your take? On this, I mean, is is this really uh, as big as a, of a deal that it it's it seemed like it's becoming? Because this made so much noise that it finally made John Moxley just have to talk about it. What's your take? Um, I you know I'm along the uh, along the lines of kind of sensitivity. I don't have a problem with it when it's when there's context that presents it, and I think we all kind of said that to, for the most part. As long as it's contextually makes sense. But here's the uh, some an element that I don't think we really do think about. Okay, if that's the science, right? Let's say they follow that context. Okay, as Moxley says, someone sleeps with somebody's wife. First of all, I want to see that tape in AEW. Um, and then also too, if somebody has a grudge match for more than six months, okay, that makes sense. Let's say we follow that. On the flip side of that, what is the pivot in production when you have someone bleed out unintentionally? Does it take away from the paradigm that you had before? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna let you jump in. No, or also, it. too, does think about it, it also too? No, just just really quick. Think about it. The difference is very simple. Unless it's a case of Becky Lynch where she just got pancaked and her nose exploded, 
when you get cut accidentally or the hard way, you know, when it's not on purpose, nine out of 10 times, the cut is literally just a bleeding. It literally is what Moxley was talking about. That's combat sport. That's when you get busted open without it having to be scripted. It just happened because it's a combat sport. No, no, and and and, and I agree with you on that one. But the point that I was trying to make with that is if the other that we mentioned earlier happened so often, does it take away from that excitement? Oh, wow, they were getting into it. it got really, man, face got blown up. Because you mentioned Becky Lynch, and that's a good point. That was not part of the script for Becky Lynch. And sometimes shit like that does happen. But they took an opportunity and made it something bigger. It made it intense. So that's where I think sometimes we get into it because AEW, you know, does it more often, right? Does it take away from that surprise and awe factor? Now, I will say this. Out of the whole AEW roster, I find when Moxley does it, it makes more sense of what kind of an entertainer he is what kind of a wrestler he is, right? It's not like a needless bloodletting like Ric Flair did forever in a freaking day. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it means something because his character is built as this, this, this rough dude, this dude that's very freaking scrappy. He does not give a shit. You see what I'm saying? So it makes sense for his character. Now, if but I'm that, seeing but, Wheeler Yuta do it all the freaking time, it's not yeah. going to make much sense. Do you, 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 you get what I'm saying? And, and, and that goes, again, against the idea of it being, quote, unquote, a combat sport, where he's trying to make it a combat sport to justify what he's doing. But at the same time, you just said it. Wheeler Yuta is in a combat sport, and he should not be bleeding all the time. Well, I didn't say he so, shouldn't be bleeding. I'm just saying that if it does, it better be an intense goddamn match. But Wheeler Yuta has bled out, what, a couple times, right, Sin City? Yeah, already yeah. to where even for my taste i'm like damn dude i didn't know you was built like i know you with the the uh you know uh bcc but i, I didn't know we all because i ain't seen castanoli get bleed bleed out too much his pretty ass face he, he ain't gonna do that <laughs> shit yeah. am i lying no how, how many how many times have we seen that pretty swiss nope. man be cut open not a not nope. never not even wwe he's he's not gonna maim himself exactly that face <laughs> is too pretty <laughs> All right, y'all, with good stuff there. Let's go right then into our count number two. And this one is Tommy Dreamer on weird interactions with pro wrestling fans. And this is from WrestlingInc.com. And uh, it starts off by saying that it's not uncommon for fans, wrestling and non-wrestling alike, to become emotional, emotional upon meeting their idols. But for Busted Open host Tommy Dreamer, those displays of emotions can get uncomfortable. Quote, you see these fans' interactions. It gets weird when I see people crying when they meet me, Dreamer, Dreamer explained. And I know I've seen it with Mickey because I don't know, I don't view myself as Tommy Dreamer, big celebrity. I view myself as a very fortunate wrestling fan that has crossed that barricade, end quote. Now, Dreamer also thinks the current setup for meeting fans can prioritize expediency uh, f- um, over the actual experience. Quote, it's hard to appreciate because of time, end quote, Dreamer continued. And then he quotes, meet and greet, they rush people in and out, end quote. Now, Dreamer says that fans mean everything to him as he doesn't quite recognize the importance of his various accomplishments until afterward. The former extreme championship wrestling champion says life on the road could be 
uh, a strain on a rest, wrestler's mindset as they're focused on the next match in the next moment, as it's what ultimately endears wrestlers to the fans. And Dreamers recounted going to Omaha, Nebraska for the first time in seven years and being in disbelief at the turnout and especially from fans of ECW. He quoted and said that ECW never went to Omaha, Nebraska, and maybe that's why they love it so much. But it was the no, you don't understand. It was a different, it was different for me. Or hey, there was a time in my life where my parents just split up and I just gravitated towards you or towards wrestling. And that was end quote. So according to Dreamer, everyone has different reasons why they love wrestling. Um for you. Matt Michaels, this was your story. What was your take on the fact of uh, you talk about the weird interactions uh, with pro wrestling fans? Yeah, it's a very interesting thing for Dreamer to uh, come out and kind of talk about that because of the fact that, you know, he's experienced it for that 30-year time frame, and it started in ECW. And ECW was such a cult following because it was so localized for the number of years. By the time it got to national TV, it was already a watered down product. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they didn't last long on, on national TV. So he didn't, they also, like you said, they didn't go all over the country. They didn't, you know, they weren't doing house shows mm-hmm. every week. So until he got to the WWE, it was a very limited fan interaction type of thing. And I think once he started seeing this other side and now with social media and now with the meet and greets, which are totally different because of the fact that, you know, it is a money grab and there's no doubt about it. Um, fans want that personal interaction. They want that little time. Um, and um, some fans on this show, have paid a lot of money. You know, Steve, you've paid a lot of money to see certain guys, which is absolutely a great option that they give now. Um, but he's he does have a point, and that is it's become a little bit more of a factory process, and the fans tend to have an emotional reaction. So when you have those two things, what you're going to end up seeing coming up is eventually there's going to be problems with fans acting out because they're pissed off because they paid $500 to see The Undertaker and they got 20 seconds. And this is the guy who changed their life, inspired them to do this, this, or that. And you're not giving me a time and you're pulling me away and now you got a security guard and now I'm going to throw a punch. And it's... It's human emotion meets business and the worst type of business, and that is factory business process. Picture, sign, out. Picture, sign, out. Um, The fans, like Dreamer being part of Impact, that's the perfect environment because Impact wrestlers are typically in a, a hotel area for three days or so. They do all the television tapings. Um. It gives the fans a chance to have a little more interaction time. And, you know, some wrestlers are still not great at interacting with the fans. And that's their choice. 
but those who do really do make an impact on these people's lives and um that's that's something that's important even though it might be odd for you to take as a performer um you have that same thing like you said you were a fan who jumped over the barricade essentially so i'm sure that tommy dreamer when he first walked into a locker room with someone that he idolized when he was a fan probably had the exact same emotion it's just that he was on the other side of it and it was just a little different interaction yeah uh simon street i i don't i don't know how often you have been at uh these shows where they're they're signing fans uh memorabilia or cards or whatever they have but um we do see that you it's a, it is a pretty quick process and we'll talk a little bit about that with steve but what's your take when you kind of hear what tommy is saying about this whole interaction with pro wrestling fans and because it, it appears like you know he's one of the ones that it, it seems like he wouldn't mind actually spending a little bit more time uh with them but as long as, you, you know, as long as he's not at subway do not disturb him while he's getting oh, out. Everybody learned that lesson at Samstown. Do not interrupt him at Subway. He about his business in the sandwich. Well, <laughs> hey, we had an article, if you remember, was it a year or two ago or something? I, I think we had pointed out uh, that Ricochet pretty much said, hey, don't run up with me <laughs> to ask for, like, an autograph or whatever. It's, it's you know, it's going to be like a no, you know, and that's – you know, for, again, I don't know how does fans. But he's process? he's different though, and 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 I've seen Ricochet quite regularly uh, in grocery sure. stores. Yeah, and um, it, if I may, I'll go right into what I was going to say. Do you think, man? Fandom can be an overwhelming experience, and all based on the emotional fortitude of the individual, it will play itself out. There are some of us that understand the human side of these people that entertain us, maybe hell even impress us, inspire us, right? We get the human side of it, right? We understand that. We connect it to that part of reality. And I'm not downing anybody who's not. But there are some people to where there have been points in their life to where people who are celebrities have made such a deep impact. It's flipped the coin for them to uh change their life for the better some people have who would have uh, done something that could have terminally ended their life turned it on the other cheek so it then becomes to this whole standpoint of how does that person express it some people immediately shut down and they're just doing this the whole time some people are screaming some people are crying so i get that part of what he was saying the part that i do worry about sometimes and i have had opportunities uh to go to these events i don't really pay for it i only pay for for certain people but i've seen people totally it then become a problem my big question is is what's a proper way of vetting and interesting enough i think a lot of that's more community and less security and the reason why i say that is because i've been to more impact wrestling when it's come to vegas and gone to these meet and greets and even though i didn't do it i went with people who were doing it and there wasn't too many instances of craziness I've gone to WWE, particularly WWE experience, uh, WrestleMania, 
And there's always been some crazy ass people doing the most. And they had maximum amount of security, and maximum thousands, amount thousands. of betting. Yeah, yeah. thousands more people. It, and so I wonder sometimes, is it more of a community thing? I like the way from what I've seen, how Impact handles it. And I'm sure AEW is not too far away from it to a certain extent. They look at that standpoint, they have more of a realistic understanding of what it is to be a fan. And you hear that in this article with Tommy Dreamer a bit. He scaled some of that emotional, you know, fandom, right? And I think that that's how it helps. Now, me personally, I've only paid money for one person. And that was Sasha Banks, Right. Fun experience. I only I spent probably two hundred and fifty dollars to go get a picture that I saved and shake her hand and take a picture right next to her. That was it, right? But I knew going in that's what it was. I didn't have much to say with her or nothing like that, so I tempered my expectations. But you can't expect everybody to do that. Yeah, you really can't. And I think sometimes that 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 it's important. I think Impact has a culture. Of when they do these meet and greets, it's the same expectation every time. Whether we've been at Sam's Club, you and I, Impact, or, or Sin City Steve, or Matt Michaels, it's been the same as if we went somewhere else when it was in Orleans, right? That's what makes the difference. You see what I'm yeah. saying? The expectation of I'm going to meet these people. They're very friendly. Uh, some people get a little crazy. Like I think there was one woman that, that asked, uh, not Tommy, but somebody to sign their tit. Like not the old, the, but the top part of their bust area, and he was like, "All right, cool." It just it, like it was normal. You can't do that shit in WWE. <laughs> so that that yeah. was my point. That was my point let on me, it. Um, let me just um, so just so I can uh, uh, clarify, I went back to find that particular uh, article uh, about uh, Ricochet was um, it was uh, WrestlingInc.com, March 29th of 2022. He just said. Uh, he said, let me be clear. If you and a group of people are waiting in the lobby of my hotel or in the check-in area at the airport at 4 or 5 a.m., sometimes earlier in the morning, to ask for multiple autographs is such an invasion of privacy. I would be the first person to say no. However, if you happen to see me out and about somewhere, please say hi and chat. I love interacting. Just don't wait in the lobby of where we're staying. Don't wait and hoard us in the check-in areas of the airport. Treat us with respect, and respect is what you will receive, he wrote. And then it said Ricochet later posted a follow-up tweet. It made it clear that he's always stops to interact with his fans in public and added that he loves and respects all of his fans. So I just wanted to be uh And that is clear exactly on- how he is. No, no, I'm dead serious. Yeah. He had more of a conversation with me, us picking yeah. flowers for our significant others. I wasn't expecting I just said hi. And he had a nice little conversation. And that's just the type of dude he is. Like, he's very personal. But I agree with him. And that's why people gave Shasha Banks or Mercedes Monet some shit about this shit. She was just more outspoken on that shit for a long motherfucking time about there are some wrestling fans that are crazy. Come on, Impact. We done been hung out with you know who at at these places. And it'd be the same girl that end up in the hallways (laughs) of somebody's room. At the WWE sure. hotel, I'm like, that's some creepy ass shit. Yeah, but we also got to remember, Ricochet was talking about a very different problem, and that is people who want multiple autographs to sell. Yeah. True, because then they'll sell that shit. And and Ray Mysterio's had videos where he's actually said, "Look, man, I'll sign Jeff one Hardy. for you, but I'm not going to sign a whole bunch for you." And you go and say he was up front and blunt in the airport. I think it was in Denver, and he put it on his social media. So I'm not going to sign a whole bunch for you. And that is a problem. Yeah. That is a disrespect to to a for a wrestling fan. That to me is disrespectful. You making me look bad. 
plain and simple. Right. And I think it's up to us wrestling community to start calling that shit out. I'm like, dude, you disrespectful, bro. Yeah. Let me get over to you, uh, Sin City. Uh, again, you was referenced earlier about a person who has spent uh, dollars on uh, uh, participating uh, in these types of events. Uh, what's your take when you when you hear what Tommy is saying? And uh, I mean, what do you think should uh, what should happen in this? I mean, ultimately, pro wrestling fans are some of the most passionate fans of any fan base of any fandom uh, on the planet, and that's a blessing and a curse. Um, yes, I I can understand how some people, you know, have a definite connection to the people that they see on a screen that, you know, they, they don't even know that that fan individually exists yet. That fan puts that individual on a higher platform. Um, it's, it's a very interesting culture that yeah. is, that is prevalent among professional wrestling and professional wrestling fans. Um, you know, of course you see the photos of, you know, dudes being creepy with WWE um, female wrestlers and, and AEW female wrestlers and stuff like that. Who showed um, you those? Who showed you those? I want names. They tap my phone. I hate that. But, um, <laughs> but, oh boy, shit. Um, but I mean, realistically, it's, it's, I, I think you make a really good point, Simon. And I didn't want to just let that go away. I, I think that, you know, us as a community, um, I think that we are doing a lot of self-policing and I think that that's something that will continue. Um, as far as the overall process of meet and greets, um, you kind of go into it knowing that that's how they're going to be quite frankly. Um, at least that's, that's my intent. Um, I don't know if that's the intent for ab absolutely everybody else, but if you've done a meet and greet before in your life with anyone else, you can see that this is kind of the, the process. So the, the entitlement that is being displayed by people that are expecting, you know, a 20 minute conversation with somebody that they may have paid a couple of hundred bucks to meet. Um, I, I, I have a problem with that. Um, yes, you can thank the, the individual that you're doing the meet and greet with for everything that they've done. You can let them know that they've had a profound impact on your life and you, you just say it succinctly and just get your words out and be done with it. Um, get your autograph, get your photo and, you know, chalk it up to experience at that point. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's the nature of the beast. Um, I can definitely say though, um, AEW they uh, they started off doing the whole Starcast thing with Conrad's group, and they they had everything down to a science. Then for whatever reason, they got away from it and they broke that 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 business relationship. Um, and I did notice that the fan outreach and the the fan interactions, quite honestly, have diminished. Um, without there being a prevalent meet and greet source other than, you know, AEW directly. And it's not really an experience all that much. Um, so it is very, very good that with the all out pay-per-view in, uh, in Chicago in September, um, they are doing a star cast once more. So hopefully, you know, this can get fans more acquainted with meet, yeah. meet and greets and, 
you know, just kind of get that ball rolling again. Sure. Awesome. Well, we'll uh, keep uh, checking out stories for that and see uh, what other talent may think about this topic. Let's move over to count three. Three! And this one is WWE star credits Gunther for raising the prestige of the intercontinental title. This is from TJRWrestling.net. And this one reads that when it comes to the greatest intercontinental championship reign in the 44-year history of the title, there are some people that would already say Gunther has had the best title reign ever. After all, uh, Gunther has had some incredible matches for the IC title, including, including the memorable match of the year considered with Sheamus at the Clash of the Castle in 2022, as well as this year's WrestleMania 39 uh, match with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. And both of these matches were five-star level matches to a lot of people, while many other Gunther title matches are praised heavily for being great as well. Now, Gunther's reign as Intercontinental Champion started in June 2022, and he hasn't uh, been beaten in the past 15 months. If Gunther is... If it is to beat the honky tonk man's record of 454 days as intercontinental champion, he will have to hold the IC title until at least September 6th. Now, in order for Gunther to, to get the record, he will likely have to go through Drew McIntyre, who returned that money in the bank. Now, the Scottish warrior McIntyre returned to WWE at Money in the Bank after three months away and laid out the Intercontinental Champion to make it clear he's coming after the title he once held over a decade ago. But while he was appearing on WWE Bump uh, uh, this past week, Drew McIntyre is the one who credited Gunther for an incredible championship reign and has helped restore the prestige in the coveted Intercontinental title. Now, Gunther clearly uh, deserves a lot of credit, and so does the WWE Chief Content Officer Paul Triple H Levesque, who has featured the IC title more than Vince McMahon ever did when Vince was running the show. And uh, the highly anticipated IC title clash between the Austrian champion and the Scottish challenger is likely going to happen uh, on April 5th at Ford Field in Detroit at SummerSlam. So let's uh, move over to you. Simon Street, this was your article. We've talked about this several times about how Gunther has uh, made this title uh, just, again, I know what we say it all the time, a prestige, prestigious title. What's your take, man? What made you want to choose this article? Well, for, for, for one thing, you know, and I know Michaels talks a lot about it out of all of us, and I'm going to really do a good job with expanding on that. These titles are props. And what makes a really good soldierman in any facet of whether it be acting, whether whatever the case may be, is when you are able to enhance that prop to where it is on a level of belief, right? Gunther has done that. Plain and simple. You know, he was put in a position, given this title, and he has made it not just relevant, but he's done a lot more than just that. He's done, um, I would call him the herald of the influx of the european wrestler in wwe it's always been there we've always had them but it's not been greatly uh accepted and adopted into the fray of wwe gunther has done this imperium has done this obviously triple h way back at nxt uh uk this is nothing new for gunther how long was he holding that uh the nxt uk title 
this is this is this is normal years. shit fam you get what i'm saying yeah. so mm-hmm. also too with that is now you're opening up the gate for more diverse wrestlers in wwe right because in other promotions you see that more right i think that wwe was fortunate to have that and the reason why i said that's okay let's go way back in time there's always been lucha wrestling in wwe but nothing was a more standpoint and standout-ish until Rey Mysterio hit the scene. He was a herald. And even more with Latino wrestling, Luchador, with Eddie as well. Do you see what I'm saying? They heralded. They made what would have been one-offs, right, unique, more of we expect that now, right? We expect that. We know what good Lucha wrestling is in WWE. Same thing now with Gunther. I also will take it a step further and say this. Gunther is a person that right now... Triple H is probably damn lucky, or, the, or WWE in general, because I said a long time ago, how the hell Roman Reigns going to walk around on SmackDown and Gunther just walking around there more dominant than his ass is? And I've said it for a long time. Gunther will wipe the fucking floor with Roman Reigns. It is going to be a challenge for WWE if ever that were to ever happen, which it won't. But I'm saying, because you would have to find a way to water down Gunther extremely. Roman Reigns ain't on that level. And luckily, Gunther is good enough to make Roman Reigns look better than what he's already been made. And I'm saying that boldly as a claim. So I say this in the matter of, and I'll close it with this. Gunther not only has made this title great, but you better damn well believe that he's going to run through Drew McIntyre, but make it one of the more believable Drew McIntyre matches you've seen in a long-ass time. This match will knock the hinges off. I do believe that Drew's not going to win it, but you're going to believe that Drew's going to win it. And it's going to be exciting. It's going to be believable because that's what Gunther brings to this table. God bless the ring general. Ladies okay. and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go over to you, uh, Sin City. So uh, Simon Street makes a good point in terms of, of mentioning uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, and listen, we know now we have two wwe champions that that are there <laughs> but the question becomes this at some point when guther does lose that title however he lose it he is he's got to go for a wwe championship and not only go for it he's win pretty it. much gonna have to win it right yeah so <laughs> i mean from this point uh it becomes another issue in terms of like, okay, so how long does he keep that? Because, you know, is he is are they going to re- remove Roman to pass that over to Gunther, or are they going to is is Seth going to be short lived into having his belt and to give the Gunther or Gunther going to have to hold on to this title for some time? What is your take just with this to- this topic in general and 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 where you see I'm trying to go with this? It seemed like they could run into a Gunther problem, is what I'm eventually saying, um, unless they're willing to give up Seth's belt or Roman loses that to build up Gunther. What's your take? Yeah, so I think that they're definitely, uh, if you think that they have a Gunther problem, then that is a, certainly a good problem to have. Um, mm-hmm. Because quite frankly, you know, they they're doing they're doing it the right way. They are restoring the credibility to the intercontinental championship. And they have done that. Um, September the 8th is a Friday. 
I think that's going to be the day that we're going to have the celebration for the new, the, uh, the, the longest reigning intercontinental champion in history at that point. Um, because I think that I think Gunther will beat Drew at SummerSlam. Um, and I think that he'll go on to realistically, he could hold it probably up until somewhere right before he wins the Royal Rumble and wins his world championship shot. Yeah, mm. I just said that. So <laughs> um, I, I think that it, they've done extremely well by Gunther. And for so many people that watched Valter um, outside of WWE and NXT, um, a lot of people were worried, uh, quite frankly, about how he would be used by the machine. By how by how he would be used by WWE, um, yeah. and quite frankly, you know it's it's time to eat some humble pie, because Gunther is one of the most dominant wrestlers in WWE, not just now but in the current era. You know, if we're mm -hmm. calling this if we're calling this the Roman era, like how there's been the Golden <laughs> Era and Attitude Era, if this is the Roman era or the Bloodline era. Gunther is right up there. I would say behind Roman Reigns as far as clout and stature. Um, obviously, Roman Reigns is is the standard bearer for this era. Like it or not, it is what it is. I think that Gunther is right behind him on that, and I I think that he's quite frankly still underappreciated. Hundred percent. Yeah, um, Matt Michaels. What 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 is your um, your your take on this? I mean, apparently, if if first off, you know, just going back to my question, you know, if we know that when Roman loses that belt, it's pretty much going to have to go to, to to Cody, and there's no way that you know Cody's going to have a match with Gunther that quick to lose it. So it would more likely have to be Seth. But are we going to then have fans going around saying, "Oh, there we go"? You know, they 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 found a way to, to to cop out Gunther for not being where he should be at, and that's being at the undisputed world title championship, which is what he should be fighting against. Who knows? Anyway, what's your take, uh, Matt Michaels, on this whole topic on the prestige uh, that Gunther's made the title? So when you have two titles like that, when a babyface is holding one, the heel should be holding the other. So. That makes all the sense. Cody Rhodes wins it, and then Gunther should have the other title. Mm -hmm. um, and also, what they haven't done in a long time, and this is really what they should do, uh, I'm not too interested about him winning the Rumble per se. Um, as much as I say you keep the IC belt on him, and then you have a champion versus champion match. That that would be something I'd be looking forward to. And then, and then hold the prestige of beating whoever that champion is. Well, he beats he beats Seth Rollins and then vacates the IC belt because he's now the, the world champ. So it's the same thing they did with the Warrior. So yep. you do something like that. And this way you don't have to even have him come close to getting a loss. Um, and does he need to go through? See, this is the other problem they have. They start, you know, he, he did the whole rumble last year and he lost. So what do you do? Do you have him do the whole rumble again this year and win? It's yeah. like, so it's, it's a hard choice in terms of how you set it up. But in all honesty, that's the best thing to do. Just keep the belt on him. 
and then have him challenge Seth at WrestleMania and have him take the belt from Seth at that point. And it builds that belt then to be a more prestigious title because it needs a history. It doesn't have a history yet. And the longer you keep that belt with him, uh, the longer you're going to get people saying, oh, uh, how come he still has the belt? Because wrestling fans are idiots. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. You know? Well, you, you know one thing that you said, Michaels, and it popped in my mind? You have Seth Rollins, definitely a workhorse, with or without the title. Gunther, definitely a workhorse in his own right and somebody that has that integrity. You could build that type of a match, just as you stated it, but have it as who is the better workhorse? Who is the better I don't want to use the word pure champion because that's a whole nother promotion, but who is more of the purest, right? That would be a great match to see because I mean, man, Seth I, it, pure, Seth, Seth is uh, Seth is a lunatic. He's, you know, well, yeah, he's unhinged and stuff. I, if, if you want, if you want something like that, you have to look at someone who, uh, if you, if you build Gable Stevenson in three years and oh, now shit, you have an Olympic long champion going <laughs> Gunther, then you know then you have something like that but otherwise yeah. um it, it's it's pure wrestling versus showmanship you know um that would be a good way to, to book that too yeah the other thing too is uh you know steve just mentioned here uh la knight possibly getting the u.s title well if you're going to have Gunther lose the intercontinental belt that's who he loses it to because LA Knight is, you know, as much as you want to build Gunther, to be honest, you kind of want to build LA Knight now. Because, again, the, the age thing is going to keep coming up. So get your, get your run out of him where you can make mega bucks and he can be set for life. And, you know, Gunther can be that foe in, in which, you know, eventually the world title, you know, have L.A. Knight win uh, the vacated, you know, Intercontinental title and then go on a little bit of a run and then start challenging Gunther for the world title. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of options. But um, oh, yeah. I, I challenge anyone listening to go back or, or if you're listening to this now, uh, you know, re rewind it. And uh, anytime the word Gunther is said, Take a shot. <laughs> R.I.P. That's a probably a lot more doable than the Fast and the Furious uh, drinking game where, uh, you know, family is said, you know, it might it, it might fare a lot. Better no, you go back day. and listen to this segment. Gunther has been said a goddamn lot. Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's well, a good one. That's awesome. Good stuff, y'all. Appreciate it. That is our three counts. We appreciate all you guys for hanging out with us, no matter if it's uh, live on the internet or if you're listening to us on our podcast. We appreciate it. Um, and we always, always want you to come back and enjoy. Hey, if you just happen to be listening to us on the podcast and you want to join us, we do this on Sunday nights. We start at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you find yourself in the East Coast and you can't sleep, it's 11 o'clock, you know, you know, hey, I think those bad boys are on. 
jump on. We'd love to have you on, and uh, you could join the conversation as well, okay? Uh, with that, let's uh, get into some of our final thoughts uh, as we uh, in the, coming into the uh, second week of July. And, boy, it is hot out here in Vegas, Simon Street. What do you want to tell the good folks out there? Well, first and foremost, if you live in Las Vegas, have been out here any bitching and complaining about the heat because we have gotten a pass better than we normally do. <laughs> it is now, what, going into mid-July, and we just now dipping into them, them, them triple yeah, digits? Yeah, yeah, June was all 90s. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I know you and Matt was happy because y'all be on the road in, in them hot ass days, boy. You get out of your car, part of your seat is a part of your ass and your lower back. So uh, much props to uh, the, the weather on that one. But, you know, more importantly, thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in today. We appreciate it each and every time. Uh, you know, we have a huge volume of content. Uh, you know, that you can go back and listen to. And if you are just listening to us for the first time and you like our banter, you like what we're about, and you had a job where you want to have something in your ear and listen to, man, you can go back and we got how many episodes we got, guys? How many episodes that's mixed in with interviews, shows? Yeah. What? Just crazy shit? This is episode uh, 731. I, I mean, it's a lot, guys. I mean, it really, really is a lot. You can put this in your ear. Not listen to the person that's right next to you is fucking annoying, talking about her cats all the time. Kill that fucking noise. Pop this in your ear. Get to work. Listen to Vegas Bad Boys. And we'll get you through the shit. Thank y'all so much. And have a wonderful, wonderful week. All right, man. Good stuff there. All right. Sin City Steve, man. What you want to tell the good people? All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We genuinely appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, also, a very special shout out to all the brave men and women serving this country. Whether you're doing it on lands, foreign or domestic, thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And uh, last but not least, repsports.com, repsports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code VEGAS at checkout and save yourself 15%. Thank you much, Mr. Matt Michaels. No, I'm sorry, I'm on breads, so... <laughs> all right then all right y'all thanks for hanging out we'll see you next week we do it all over again happy wrestling biggest bad boys of podcasting